What's going on, guys? Sorry to interrupt. Podcast here brought to you, as always, by SorrySports.com. We will have a new article up that Sean has written about the NBA and the MLB free agency coming up and how huge it's going to be. Monday rundown on a Tuesday. Again, guys, we have jobs, unfortunately. Maybe if you start sending us money, we won't. And we'll put them out on there a lot of days, but we have jobs. Monday rundown today, we jumped right into the NBA. Finally, we didn't have to lead off with college football. Talked about the Jimmy Butler trade. Talked about the Houston Rockets. Talked about the LA Lakers. A lot of Eastern Conference basketball talk to talk about the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Then we went into that very, very unfortunate Chris LeVert injury. Finally, we broke down the New York Knicks. Talked a lot about Chris Epps Porzingis. We moved on after that into college football. Not too much changed this week. Top 10 is exactly the same. We previewed two uh, really boring games for next week. There's not much going on, so if you want to skip college football, I definitely will be like every other week. Next week is the week to do it. Then we finally talked about MLB. We talked about the rookie of the year, and Sean and I are not happy about it, to say the least. Go ahead and enjoy this one. Follow us at Sorry Sports on Twitter, Sorry underscore Sports on Instagram. Shoot us an email, sports at yahoo.com, and enjoy the pod. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt Sports Podcast. We're getting into it today with our Monday rundown on a Tuesday. Yes, we are a day late again, but you know what? We have lives, we have jobs, we have shit yeah, going on. Exactly. That's but what I was we are say. here for your viewing pleasure. <laughs> so let's get into it. Our listening pleasure. Both. Just imagine us by the sounds of our voice. Tom, what's up, man? What's going on, bro? Yeah, listen, everybody. I'm sorry. We have lives. We don't do this for a living. If you want to start, you know, getting some sponsors and buying some shit from us so we could do this for a living. I can almost guarantee, and I'll speak for Sean on this too, we will get it out every Monday then. Goddamn right. <laughs> Nothing else matters, and we'll go from there. Speaking right, of in. something that we have been waiting to happen for quite some time, GM Tom has talked about it, as has everybody else, but you haven't heard our take yet, so now is your time to hear it. The Jimmy Butler trade finally went down this weekend, late morning, early afternoon on Saturday. The trade was announced, of course, by Woj from ESPN, reporting that the Philadelphia 76ers, Tom, the process is over. It is now going for it. They traded Dario Saric, Robert Covington, held on to Markel Fultz, but traded those two starters. Oh, watching Markel Fultz for, shoot the last couple days. For Jimmy Butler, and the T-Wolves finally have that toxic environment cleaned up. What are your thoughts? So the trade was for Dario Saric, Robert Covington, and a first rounder, I believe. Second rounder in 2020. Second rounder. Okay, um, my first thing is that's not enough for Jimmy Butler. Even in a contract year, I don't think that's enough. But when you're Tom Thibodeau and you're trying to replace one guy with two starters and go for it right now, that's the best deal you're going to get. Is it the best deal for the Minnesota Twi Timberwolves? No, not at all. I would have taken the Eric Gordon trade, which was supposedly from the Rockets. Eric Gordon, two first-rounders. I would have taken the Pelicans trade, which was Alfred Payton, something else, and two first-rounders. I would have taken all those trades if I was the owner. If I'm Tibbs, that's the best you're going to get. 
Robert Covington was second team all defense, I believe. Dario Saric is a playmaker. He's a legitimate 6'10". Um, he can shoot it. He can pass. He can dribble. Covington can knock down an open three. He shot above 30% from the three-point line, I believe. That I think that's the best deal you're going to get if you're Thibodeau. What do you think? No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think especially when you're looking at – I think they were going to eliminate picks because if they didn't go for the four first-rounders from Houston, they, the picks were secondary. Obviously, because of Thibodeau's situation, he needs to win now and he knows it. Those picks aren't going to do him any good. And I think even if you're the owner – you know, the Rockets are are going to be drafting well into the 20s for years. So, well, you, you, I mean, the thing is, I know, I know that there's still value and you can use but those. But here's my point to this. First of all, the picks are every other year. Right. The Rockets aren't going to be good in, what, six years? And you don't know that, I though. Mean, That's why always why a destination. Why don't we take a page of the Brooklyn Nets people like here. to go. Let's take a page out of the Brooklyn Nets. Because when that deal happened, that deal for KG and Paul Pierce, Celtics fans were freaking out. They could not believe you gave up you gave up that much for those picks. And now they would have made that trade 10 times o- 10 times over. Hindsight's 2020. 20. And I think it was the best deal for Thibodeau, but I think that non-lottery protected picks are the they're gold. They're the best currency you can have. No, I agree, but one one difference between the Nets in 2013 and what the Rockets are and what they have been over the last, you know, 6 7 8 years is they are a high they are a good destination. People like to go play there. It's a big city. It's very marketable. There's no state income tax. Yeah, Brooklyn Brooklyn's a pretty big city. Brooklyn's nice, man, and you know I'm a fan, but that's not Brooklyn, it's not the just, same. Just Brooklyn the borough, hasn't just the borough of Brooklyn is one of the biggest cities in oh, the no, world. Oh no, it's huge, right? but there is a heavy tax threshold in Brooklyn. And also on top of that too, you know, when you're looking at Houston, this is a team that has a history of winning. Maybe not a lot of championships, but big-time players have elected to go there for years. Yeah. And remember, even though it didn't work out, Dwight Howard elected to go there, and that was huge at the time. There's been a lot of big-time moves. Chris Paul going there in the trade. He said he probably would have signed anyway. You know, they necessarily haven't won. They've run into a buzzsaw that is the Golden State Warriors. But they're relevant every year in the Western Conference. They're going to be a top four seed in the Western Conference basically every year. I don't know, man. I, I really don't. They but are if you're the quite T-Wolves. the slide. Now, we're going to talk about Mello in a little bit. I think the top four teams right now are in the West. And we'll look, obviously dive right back into the Jimmy Butler trade because we haven't even talked about the, the Sixers side. Is I mean, the top four teams are the Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz, obviously the Warriors number one, the Lakers number four, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. The Rockets are in a ton of trouble. They have no depth, and Daryl Morney couldn't work that magic again. But who cares? That's not the deal that All happened. All I'm saying is, is that when there. you're looking at what they could have possibly gotten, you asked what I thought about the trade, is I don't think that four picks every other year from a franchise that continually wins enough to where those picks are not going to be that you know, they're not going to be that appealing. I think at least two of those picks are going to be. I liked, there were two trades that I saw The Heat offered two firsts and Goran Dragic and uh, Richardson, Josh Richardson. I think that was a trade you could have made because you get the picks from a team that you know is going to be drafting probably in the teens. Yeah. And you can replace replace with those two. And then also the nets, although they've denied it, I don't know how legitimate it is. Woj didn't report it, but a couple other sources did. They said that the Nets offered Rondé Hollis Jefferson and and um, and uh, D'Angelo Russell. 
no picks. That's a big deal. Which is a nice, which is a nice haul. Which to me, real quick from a net standpoint, says that they're going to commit to Dinwiddie long ter- long term instead of Russell. But it's I think, true, yeah. if I think if that was actually valid and reported correctly, I think that was a trade that made much more sense for the Wolves. But you know what? Eventually, what's yeah, going to happen is you you had to force your hand because Butler wasn't playing. He wasn't going on road trips. He was yeah. being a complete and utter pain in the ass. And you can't play that way. And they just probably blinked at the 12th hour and said, fine, this is what we have to do. This is our best bet that's on the table, and we just got to roll with it. Yeah, definitely, and and I think that we're kind of under we're kind of under speaking on um, on Covington and Sarich. Those guys are two legitimate starters in the NBA, but I guess Russell and Hollis Jefferson, they're probably about the same. Honestly, they didn't really need a point guard. They had Jeff Teague, so I can understand why they didn't take D'Angelo Russell, especially a guy who was in a contract year. That's what you're trading away now. But let's look at it from the Sixer side because I do think this was probably the best deal when you're looking at it for Tibbs. Two starters, one guy that can really lock up on defense, the other guy's a playmaker. Oh, yeah, no, I mean. And both guys can hit a three-pointer. Yeah, That's they, what you need. They both were really good building blocks on this Sixer team that kind of came out of nowhere early last year and got to the second round of the playoffs. I, I like both of them. You know, I know I had heard that Sarge has kind of fallen a little bit out of love and wasn't playing his best before the trade happened. But you know what? Get him out of there. Now he can go play in Minnesota, where I think his game plays really well with Carl Anthony Towns. And Covington is also a really solid defender on top of a three-point guy. And they just extended him last year, obviously thinking he was going to be another one of those cogs in the rebuild. Yeah. But going on it to the Sixers the side, as you is wanted over. to go, the process is over. The darling of the East is done. Elton now Brand the pressure is on. quite a statement to open up with his first transaction as GM of the I love Sixers. It. I do too. You're going all in. I really like it. You also have an opportunity to sign this guy long term. They have the cap space to do it, most likely. Um, definitely a gamble, though. Definitely a gamble, but the East is wide open. The Celtics aren't as good as we thought they were going to be. Oh no, I'm talking long term. Like, long term, a gamble, up. but short term, I think you take that chance because if you win a championship and Jimmy walks, you won a championship. Right, and and two is I think you're going to try. You're now have you know the the season's only three weeks old, right? So now you are about a month now. So what you have at this point is the ability to basically commit to him and him commit to you long for the rest of this year, which is essentially a full season and a hopefully a deep playoff run from their standpoint, and try to woo him on Philly and say, listen, you're going to play with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid for the next four or five years in a city that loves loves its teams and will embrace you like crazy if you win and they're trying to do what the what the thunder did with Paul George and what the Raptors might be able to do with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, definitely. I I think it's I, I think it's a, definitely a great move and I think it, it catapults some past my Toronto Raptors in, in the Eastern Conference for sure. On paper this looks like a great move because you have three top 20 players in the NBA right now when they're all healthy, and they all, on paper, let me say that again, complement each other. And yep. he's a big man on the inside. He can really lock down defensively. Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler are two of the best perimeter defenders on the outside. And then from the offensive side of the ball, Jimmy Butler is a shot taker and a shot maker. He can make plays a little bit. He doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. Keep in mind, he did have Derrick Rose on his team, as well as a couple other ball-dominant players. Uh, but he can make shots, and that's something Ben Simmons can't. But Ben Simmons can set him up he better than anybody else. else. 
and they and all three of them can actually make plays. The only thing that makes me worried is that Jimmy Butler needs the ball in his hands to make plays, and Ben Simmons is practically a negative when he doesn't have the ball in his hands on the offensive side of the ball because the guy has a non-existent jump shot. That's the only thing that makes me worried. Yeah, and Embiid holds the ball a lot too because he likes to step. He likes out to and run down threes. that shot clock yeah, too when the post. Yep. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, to me, it sounds so stupid and because we're talking about professionals. To a guy like Jimmy Butler, though, are you kidding me? Oh no, of course. I mean, in theory, when you're thinking about it, again on paper, it should be a dream scenario. Two things for me is it definitely makes them a little thin. I question their depth. They got lucky last year with being able to get a Marco Bellinelli in there, and um, and an Irsan Ilyasova in there who played well for them down the stretch and into the postseason. Now J.J. Redick is probably going to step into that starter's role. There's a guy off the bench that you used as a hot shooter. Now he steps into the starting lineup. Great defender as well. Yeah, fantastic. But again, I think you're going to lose something in that second unit. And then the other thing too is if things go sour or don't pick up the way that you would think they should, I mean, now you don't have happy Jimmy Butler, and now you have what Chicago and Minnesota have had to deal with, especially knowing, again, because if you don't sell him, this is like one of those, what is this saying? Like you have t- like two seconds to make a first impression. If they don't Elevator make, pitch. Yeah, exactly. If they don't do that and it, and it doesn't work out great or they hit a slide, I'm telling you, he's going to become a really pain in the ass again. And now you're going to have that same issue. And now you lost two starters from an already good team. And you lost your chance at re-signing him long term. And now you're kind of, you got these two building blocks, but not really anything else. So they're definitely, that was the gamble. I'm t- yeah. I would do it. If I was Elton Brand, I would do it. But you have to know that there's inherently a strong chance that this might not work. Well, let's look deeper into this trade with things that they didn't do, okay? They didn't trade a guy in Wilson Chandler who has a big contract that they that can be easily moved. Mm-hmm. They didn't trade a guy in Markel Fultz who is still the number one overall pick last year. And they didn't trade any of their first round picks. Right. What all of that says to me... Is they can do something else? Is they have something else left. They will... Not they can. They will do something else. GM Tom threw the cat back on. I'm here. I'm here, fellas. I'm here. They're going to do something else. Inevitably, they have Is the it guy. a big name, or do they do something for more depth? I I, I don't know. I, that's something I have to do a little more research. Because what on more star see. power do you need? You yeah, got to you got to make sure that second unit is strong. If because if Markel Fultz can't make a free th- can't shoot a free throw, I really question anything he could do on this team that's valuable. Their big man makes me nervous because they have a guy like Amir Johnson who can't move laterally. You know who is the guy who they should assign? And I actually thought this Ed Davis. Ed Davis is the type of guy that they should assign in the offseason. I'm happy with him. Absolutely. I mean, these those Nets are playing really well, and we'll talk about them later a little more negatively, unfortunately for you, but I, they definitely have at least one more move left to make, possibly two. If you're going to trade a guy like False that you have so much invested in, keep in mind the Celtics have, I believe, one or two picks from you and Jason Tatum. I, I think that you're going to go out and get another stud-like guy. We will find out, but I, I think this trade works out beautifully for both ends. How do you feel? Yeah, I totally agree. And honestly, man, a guy who the who the Sixers, I just had to look up to make sure he wasn't on the team because I haven't heard from him in a while. But one guy who I think would have been a perfect fit for them, who they who they let go but was part of that uh, Julio Okafor trade, was Trevor Booker. 
I think Trevor Booker would really help this team. Was he on the Nets? He was the Nets guy that went to that went to Philly, and he played really well for Philly. Is he on Indiana now? Yeah, he's on Indiana yep. now. But he's he's a really tough nosed guy that rebounds, blocks shots. I just got my finger on the pulse of the league. I off plays. the top of my head, he well, I had to, I had to look it up. So look at you, man. Yeah, take that point there. Um, <laughs> but no, I think it was a great trade for both. Obviously, I I detailed that the way that it couldn't work. But at the end of the day, you really only have one option. If you're if you're trying to make a splash, and you're looking at this Eastern Conference that is you you said wide open, you're 100 percent right because Boston hasn't played great yet. No, and, and let's you jump have into that, an but... opportunity to really, really stomp your foot now on the throats of some of these teams that haven't taken off yet. And if you can do that and you can play well off the bat, get Jimmy Butler happy, motivated, and, and enjoying his time with these two other building blocks and stars, make another trade or two halfway through the season, you're coming up gravy, man. You're in a great spot. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Let's see how that one plays out. Jimmy Butler just put the Sixers jersey on today. I saw a bunch of pictures from the press conference. Let's jump into the league. The Raptors have looked great. They really have. Kawhi's been been very consistent, but he also hasn't played consistently. When he does, he's been very consistent is what I mean by that. He doesn't look 100% healthy. He's kind of winning on guts and guile right now and getting it done. But he's still, in my opinion, a top three MVP candidate. Look up and down the league. Giannis is the best player in basketball. Well, Lowry's turned the clock back. Lowry is playing incredibly. And I did not expect that out of him. If you remember what I said, I said... Kawhi was going to have to drag them to a two seed, but Not now it may be Kyle Lowry may have to help that out too. Yeah, well, and, so. and possibly they go out and make another move. You know, I think by the time the trade deadline comes, I, I don't think any OG of these. and Obi's taking a oh, huge step been, forward as well. He's been great, and Van Fleet's been really good too. So I really like Van Fleet I, I think as well. that the Raptors have been awesome. The other team I'm looking at is, boy, you remember when you asked, what do you think Milwaukee could do when they found a head coach? Well, they found a head coach, a really good one at that, and they're playing great. I Brooke was very Lopez, excited one about of the best team. under the radar Science, signings yeah. of the offseason. Oh, man. The way this great. guy's been hitting threes, he had eight threes in a game the other night. He's could blocking you, shots. Could and then you imagine? the way Giannis has been playing, dude, this guy is at another level. Yeah, if he he's a top, he's the best player in basketball right now, probably leading the MVP case. If I told you when when Brook Lopez was on the Brooklyn Nets, let's say it was 2000 and what, 14, maybe 15. If I told you he was going to be hit averaging like four threes a game, you would have slapped me across the face. 15, I could see it cuz that was the first year he really started shooting and he had some games where it was like, "Oh, all right, like there's three in a row, but you know it wasn't consistent. And now, now he's just he's developed. Now he's so like a now he's like a seven point it's seven, the perfect seven team for tall, him three there's so shooter. many slashers, so many cutters. You got uh, between Eric Bledsoe and um, the other guy's name that sees me, Chris Middleton. Well, I was just gonna say you got Middleton, Middleton, and, and, you've and got obviously a bunch of Giannis that can kick it out to him. He's banging everything. Thon Maker too has been real solid. Thon Maker can really play, man. I don't know how old he is or or whatever. I know We're he's not gonna ask college, those kind of questions. But um, that's a little baseball, the little baseball situation. <laughs> Miguel Tejada two point yeah, exactly, yeah. but. I mean, Giannis is playing absolutely out of his mind. And then you look over at the Boston Celtics, and we could talk about the rest of the East, but Blake Griffin's playing really well when he does, but who cares? They're, they're not going to make any noise. The other team is the Celtics, and they don't look great. No, they don't. I, I still don't really worry about them. I know that I they have I think that they are going to make a depth play because they have too – or actually, they may make a pick play because they have too many players right now, and, and they don't have a crunch time lineup at all. 
They don't know who they're playing. Stevens has definitely been playing Gordon Hayward too much. Well, let's, the guy still looks hurt. Yeah. He may need a couple weeks off. Well, let's let's not let's not jump there. I still think you know he's coming off. And of, that's my dad. I'm being very critical of him. Oh, I know, I know. Listen, sometimes you need tough love. Um, listen, I I think that Hayward, you know, they're really trying to work him back into things, and they're going out of their way to do so, knowing they have the luxury of even if they have they four may, wins right you now. You know what though? They it's may not be a big sacrificing deal. that one seed to do it. Possibly, but I still think. More so in the NBA than anything else is if you're the if you're a one two three or four if you're playing really well and you're rested and you're healthy by the time you go into the postseason doesn't really matter. I think that you know Brad Stevens. I don't worry about a coach as if he's you know if he has to play a game seven on the road. I think he's going to have those guys ready. He's going out of his way to get Hayward acculturated because at some point or another you're going to have to get these guys used to playing together on the floor come crunch time and in big spots. Yep, and he only and played you know what? twelve minutes with this team before this year. So. Right. So you know what? Let's use November as a barometer. You're not sacrificing anything. You have four. You have four wins right now in a wide-open conference where the jury's still out on a couple of other teams. And if you finish second or third, then you know what? You finish second or third. But in the big scheme of things, they don't have much to worry about. The other team that I'm looking at, man, from just a disappointment side, and I know they've won now two in a row, but blow up the Wizards, dude. This team sucks. I'm shocked, but they've been horrible. They've been horrible. I mean, how can you how can you say anything good about him? I mean, Wall up until the other night when he really went off hasn't done anything. He's had a real down year. I think some of his value has dropped. They should trade him quick, fast, and in a hurry. I'm glad they matched that offer sheet by the Nets for Otto Porter because they have to start him. They don't have a choice. The guy can't score. He's anemic offensively. Yeah, and I don't know what's don't happened fit. to him because he used to be a pretty good shooter. Could at least fill it up and could put the ball on the deck every once in a while Paying and make some moves. Eighty-five million dollars. Yeah, I don't know if you've looked at him though, but I think it's—I don't think it's a matter of skill. He looks fat and out of shape. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter how. I mean, the point is, is that this team is not absolved of talent, and they well, are John Wall just playing out of shape terribly. Too. Yeah, feel bad for Bradley Beal. He might be the guy. Maybe he gets moved. Hey, you know what? I think any of them would welcome would it take, at this point. I would take Bradley Beal in a heartbeat. How that could guy you is not? A stud. He's oh, the he's best incredible. player on that team by yep. far. I still think out of all of them, I think Wall's the one to go. A team like the Heat makes a lot of sense for me, but I'm very Goran Dragic for John Wall type I'm, of play. I'm thinking something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, I'm just surprised because when you look and you used the term before, and I think it rings true in basketball almost more than anything. I guess baseball up there too, but on paper, I mean, Jesus, dude, this team should not be this bad. No, not at all. And I believe we bo- probably both picked them to go to the playoffs. And I think I had them as like my five seed. Yeah, ma- make some noise in it as well. Uh, and the last team I want to talk about because, I mean, come on, Dwight got a hold of that team. What did, what did you expect to happen? Yeah, yeah but you could tell team. that they were having problems anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, John Wall and Beal weren't But Dwight doesn't talking. help. You're right. No, no. D- Dwight never helps a tough situation. But uh, the other team that actually looks pretty good is the Indiana Pacers. They look Another real good. Another team that I think can make a move as well. I think they will make a move. I think they have to make a move because they realize that, again, we keep saying how wide open this conference oh, is. They have to. Now and is Oladipo the time to is now in that next strata. We saw it last year. We wanted to see it again. And he's actually. Second team All-NBA last year, and he's definitely he's living up it to it. He's taking it up a notch. Yeah, no, he's great on both sides and of the Sabonis, ball. And Sabonis, dude. Love uh, you want to talk about a trade, and I know Paul George is still a really great player, and anybody would be happy to have him. 
But what the Pacers did, that trade, and what they got with Oladipo oh, and Sabonis, wow, yeah. incredible. Well, the biggest travesty coming out of that is the fact that Oladipo and Sabonis were on the Oklahoma City Thunder, and we didn't even know who they were at the time. Right. I mean, obviously we knew who they were from Gonzaga and from Indiana and, the, you know, lottery picks for for the both of them out of Orlando. And I think I think the, the Thunder actually drafted Sabonis. But like I said, you didn't know who they were when they were on the Thunder, and now they're playing incredibly well on these Indiana Pacers. And it's just you got to be a special type of player to play with Russell Westbrook. You really do. It's apparently tough. so. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. And I've said it before: the guy is not a playmaker. He makes plays for himself, and he puts you in tough situations as as his second guy. Well, I will say, and you know that I've been pretty much on the other side of that. But I, I will have to say I'm starting to bend a little bit. You and some other people who are Westbrook haters are starting to convince me listen, a little listen, bit. Listen, listen, listen. I am not a Westbrook no, hater. No, no, He's but a top ten player in the NBA. you've made your case of, of, of like you can't win a title with him. No. And and that's what I mean by hater. Sorry for those I, I didn't clarify. I mean, obviously, he's a transcendently great player individually. But, yeah, I mean, I'm starting to kind of – see where you guys are coming from a little bit more now uh, honestly, because how dude, many cases can you have? I want to see how many bandwagons I can get you off before the end of 2018. Eli, gone, although he looked pretty good last night. Russell, gone. Bandwagon's done. Next thing, Alabama. Nick Saban. Now, see, now you're <laughs> just being an idiot. Like, you're you're being so wrong. <laughs> I'm going to have to do some really big research and find out if Nick Saban did something really bad sometime. I'll find it out. Right, because all, all the other insiders and everybody that's waiting to bring down a top coach hasn't been able to do it, right? I'll find it. Don't I'm you sure worry. You I'm different. Sorry, sports breaking the story first. <laughs> all right, but why don't a we move Tom on? A bitter with the story. <laughs> why don't we move on to a few more things? I want to talk about this. It hasn't been talked about enough. I said it to you before the pod. LeBron calling James Jones and saying, I need Tyson Chandler. <laughs> Give me Tyson Chandler. You love I this. mean, how far does it go? I know the guy is obviously... Um, they say that his guy, his name slips me, but his guy is in charge of clutch sports. And oh, Rich Paul? Him. Rich Paul. Rich Kleiman, Rich Paul. You got to be named Rich to get in with these big players. I'm changing my name to Rich. <laughs> I was just going to say, sorry, man, you're out. <laughs> exactly. So um, Rich Paul supposedly in charge of clutch. Karis LeVert, or not Karis LeVert. I'm sorry about that. Too we'll soon. talk about that in a minute. I'm too soon. Um, Caldwell Pope. You're a bad guy. Caldwell Pope, clutch sports client, getting a huge deal. You name all these guys getting used I think they regret that one. Oh, hell yeah. For sure about that. Um, Sorry, he can only play home games. He's in jail. (laughs) Yeah, Tristan Thompson, same thing. Um, But, I I mean, he calls... Tristan Kardashian? Yeah, true. He calls James Jones. You haven't heard from him in a while, have you? Um, He calls James Jones and says, I need Tyson Chandler. Like, I I don't know how there isn't like a... um, I don't know what tampering, I guess the word is. Magic Johnson was getting hit up for tampering every 10 minutes. And LeBron can just run wild and do whatever he wants. Is that what, is that what we're at right now? Well, you know what I responded to you when, we, when you brought it up off air. And I said, I'm pretty sure he's been doing this all along. I mean, it might be not as but obvious. Don't be so as open this, with it, man. But like, Come on. I'm, are you saying that like he had nothing to do when the Hawks started bottoming out and being like, hey, listen, get me on the phone. Whoever the GM was at the time. All right, there's like, a difference between. I'll, I'll take. Hey, hey. By the way, we know you don't need Kyle Korver. We need a, Kyle Korver. There's a and difference. We'll take him. There's a difference between going into David Griffin's office and saying David, David Griffin, thank you. David Griffin's office and saying, "Listen, David, 
it's all taken care of. Just make a trade for Kyle Korver, or just straight up calling James Jones yourself and completely circumventing. Oh, well, well, we know um, LeBron had no respect for David Griffin, so I think he probably picked up the phone in the GM's office and called the but Hawks. At least it didn't get leaked. This is just crazy how we're just brushing this this clear. No, I know, over. but does this really surprise you? I, LeBron has gotten coaches fired multiple times before. LeBron has gotten players traded multiple times before and acquired players and signed free agents. Shit, he got Shabazz Napier drafted, and then he didn't even stay with the goddamn team that drafted him. But this is just too much for me. I cannot believe that he actually called the GM and said, give us him. Give us Tyson Chandler. And not only that, three days later, the guy makes a block to save the game. Are you kidding me? I just can't believe it. Listen, man, this is why people can't stand this guy. Because you can't deny his on-the-court greatness. Oh, no, I'm not even mad about it. I completely respect it. I'm just wondering where the NBA is I'm not saying that you're mad. I'm just saying that I think the NBA is probably like me and a lot of people who are just thinking, yep, okay, whatever it is, what it is. This is the... You know what? It's no longer the NBA. It's the LBA. LeBron of Basketball Association, and he runs this shit. off the top of your head, you (laughs) thought that one, huh? Well, I mean, seriously, if if we're using all the evidence that that you're, you know, portraying out there... It's got to be the case, right? I mean, if this is as obvious as you say it is, then, and obviously the, you know, when you do the connect the dots, all signs point there, it ends up there, but I don't know. It doesn't surprise me. Tyson Chandler is another in the long line of veterans that he has gotten from shit teams to step in there. Birdman, James Jones himself, you know. Uh, Listen, how many, I'm not uh, mad. How many other guys during the Cleveland years? I'm just disappointed in the NBA. But you know what? We're leading with the NBA. You're passionate about it. And regardless, that's what they want. That's what they care about. And well, that's clearly, what you're going to get. It's definitely a player's league because LeBron and James is making calls to GMs and getting players. And Jimmy Butler is acting like a five-year-old child and getting exactly what he wants, getting on a contender. Jimmy, I still want you to come on the pod. But that's it's clearly, very clearly a player's league. Well, you know who is a player that has not been able to get away with a whole lot lately, and that's your former boy, Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony. Anthony. Yes, Carmelo sir. Anthony, in a, in, in a point in his career where he should be able to pull some strings like a Dwayne Wade, like a LeBron James. Well, guess what you need to is, have to pull some strings? His obvious talent. Dude. And he's got none left. I'm Great t- player. I'm telling Top you. Top 10 player in the league for a long time. This is one of the saddest, dis- like, fall crash and burns i've seen i mean this guy is one of the greatest scorers the nba's ever seen and now he's just a pariah like you you don't want him anywhere near your team i mean what was it the hawks bought him out and then he, he and now even pro- he probably didn't even make it to atlanta before no they and then out. and then he goes to the rockets where you i i mean i question that from the beginning because him and d'antoni never got along in new york and even if it was a different role, he went in there saying he wasn't playing off the bench. That was his problem in Oklahoma City last year. All right, I got a question for in you. In 2013 for the Knicks, he was a top three player in the NBA, and I can say that confidently. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, it's I, absurd. Have, I have no ill feelings towards Car- Carmelo Anthony. Now, I'm not a Knicks fan, but I blame the organization for they throwing should, that money at him more so than him. In had J.R. Smith not been a complete idiot, can you believe I'm saying that about J.R. Smith? He, they Knicks should have made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and played the Heat. Yeah, but don't you think too is like for the people that want to hate on Mel and say, well, he shouldn't have taken that money from a team that 
Oh, I'm, that isn't built to win. I'm sorry. Are you going to throw that money away? Hell no. If you're James Dolan and you're, or you're Phil Jackson and whoever whoever it was offer you that money, you take that money, especially because New York's where he wanted to be anyway. Take that money so, in a heartbeat, bro. Yep. So, you know what? He's fallen off dramatically. It's sad to see. For you mellow haters, you're probably sickened by the tone of my voice. But you know what? At the end of the day, you don't have to deal with him, and I don't think many teams are. Now, here's my question to you. Does his fine now? You saw real quick that Dwayne Wade threw a, a carrot out at him and said, "You know, you guys making him the fall boy." That really, you know, that says a lot more about you. I'm paraphrasing, of course. He wasn't happy with the way that this got leaked. Does his does his guy LeBron bail him out here? Does he does he say, you know what? If anybody can make this guy a useful part of a team, it's me. And Melo, come on board. We got you, bud. I hope for his sake. Yeah. Because I don't see too many other teams that are going to. Who, who would? I mean, Portland needs a lot of scoring on the perimeter, and I don't think they would. No. I, I think it has to be a team that's ready to win a championship. Yeah, I, I, and the Lakers are, oh, when you have LeBron on your team and in your jersey, you're ready to win a championship. Right. Regardless of if he's coasting or not. It's got to be the Lakers, man, and I don't know what's coming out of Denver. I, I, I've read a little bit, but I don't. think I don't, they want to touch that. Uh, sorry, not Denver. I I, I don't know what. Jeez, I don't well, know what's no, coming I mean, out of Houston is what I meant oh, okay. to say. Because I was going to say maybe people are mentioning a reunion with Denver, but no, I don't no. see him fitting I on that team. I completely made that up, but I will take credit if that happens. But I just completely pulled Denver out. Of, I meant you're to getting say no Houston. credit from me and everybody listening. Don't give him any. <laughs> I meant to say Houston. I don't think Denver would take him. That's a young up and coming team. The last thing they need is a veteran that doesn't play any defense, and has one good night a month. His last game, dude, he went a 1 from 11 shooting. I don't know. He looked pretty good in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> he looked pretty good in Brooklyn. I know. I, I watched that game. And, and the Mets are I on the come like, So I, then he looked – listen, if you can get that out of him once every once every week, I mean, let him put his knees on ice the rest of the week. If he can fill it up for you and get 19 points and shoot – what did he shoot? Oh, in that game? He shot like 10 for 11. Oh, he made his last three threes that basically sealed the fate. Is, let him ice up his body and do that once a month. That's all you need well, from LeBron. I think if LeBron. you put him on the Lakers from LeBron, from, from Carmelo, I think that's No, all that's you all you need if you're LeBron. Oh, if you are from LeBron. From LeBron's yeah, perspective, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's all you need. Uh, but I, what have you heard from Houston? What are they? Why are they getting rid of him? Because he sucks or I think, is it a locker room thing? I don't even think that, dude. I, I think That's a veteran locker room. I don't think they really care. No, I mean, I think that. When you're a team that has such high expectations now, obviously when you're when you play with the Warriors, you you don't pick the Rockets. This is to win. a bailout move if you just cut if you cut Melo because it's not his fault that they suck. It's not his fault, and anybody who he's knows, not a big he doesn't make a big enough impact on that no, team th- to make them is, good or and bad. You, this is kind of like a hangover from last year where you play that well, and whether it was Paul being out or whatever, they ended up blowing a three-two lead and ended up losing to the Warriors in a series that they felt they should have won. And this is a veteran team. Remember, we said it in our preview. Now, I still predicted them to be the second team in the West, as did, as did you, because I think there's too much talent. But when you get rid of important players like Mba Amute and Trevor Ariza, they might not be what they were, but I'm telling you one thing, man, and you can see it up and down the league in the NBA. When you get rid of star of, of good veteran players that know where to be in on open shots or in rotations, they know how to get tough rebounds, they know how to play defense in clutch moments down the stretch of a basketball game, those are guys you're going to miss. 
And we said it when they made the move for Melo, they sacrificed all of that to get a guy that you hope can get hot and play that quote unquote Olympic Melo style of basketball where he can just be a post where he can just be a shooter and go nuts. That hasn't happened. And I think that, you know, they're going to use him as a fall guy because you're not risking anything. You're paying him the league minimum. But I think it's a bad move because it's a guy who, although I he's not my favorite player, he's not the reason the Knicks sucked. He's not the reason that the that the Thunder didn't get to where they wanted to be. Yep. He just has diminished skills, and he hasn't been in a situation where he could really flourish. He clearly isn't in as, as good of shape as LeBron has been or CP3 has been. Or Wade. Or Wade, obviously. I just think that the biggest issue is I just don't think Chris Paul – is a is nearly as great as people think he is. Statistically up there amongst the best. He's the point god, but he's but he has come up short a lot. Agreed. In man. a lot I of big games. I can't argue and, with and how many I can't argue with how that. many of those Clipper teams that we looked at kind of in the same way we look at the Rockets now. I can't argue with the team. He never really did anything. Well, the Rockets have never had a player. I mean, excuse me, the Clippers never had a player of James Harden's no, caliber. No, but they had a lot and of And they were good, never a two seed, but they were definitely a good they, had they a good were roster. they had about a three or four DeAndre year span. DeAndre Jordan is a good comp to Clint Capella and all that good stuff. They should have been much better than they ever were. CP3's, they never even made a conference final. CP3 is a hell of a regular season player, and so is James Harden. Statistically up there with the best, I'd take him on my team, you know, uh, you know, seven days a week and well, twice not on to Sundays. Mention but he was never, he's never been great in the clutch. No. He had one good playoff, and that was on the New Orleans Hornets against the, uh, against Lakers. the LA Lakers. Um, but he's also old and, and falling apart. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think that that's... The guy team, last year couldn't even make it to seven games against the Warriors. Right. So I, I just think that there's a lot going on with the Rockets. I hope Melo isn't the fall boy, let but I think roll. he's going to be. Let the, let the Rockets roll to a four seed. Give Instead of going for the one seed or the two seed, give Chris Paul and James Harden as much time off as they need. Rest easy, fellas. Rest up and let them grab a four seed. Let the Jazz and the Nuggets do all the work. Let yep. them let them worry about the regular season. They still need to win those games. You guys don't. You're veterans. Right. And when you're rested up, CP3 will be able to play a seven-game series instead of fall apart in the fifth game. Right. Well, that, and, and again, that's kind of, I mean, not exactly carbon copy, but that's how I feel about the Celtics as far as, you know, just get to where you got to be, get healthy, and go. You guys have been in the conference finals from a Celtics point of view and a Rockets point of view the last Four years or something like I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, you've been deep playoff teams. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't. What are we doing? You don't need to worry about that. Stevens nope. and and D'Antoni have plenty of experience. Uh, but why don't we move on to the local teams? We've talked enough about the league. Um, let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets first. Yesterday night, tough for the Nets. Tough stuff for the league. Thoughts and prayers go out to Karis Levert. That was a gruesome injury, but good news. It it was. It was kind of a carbon copy of the Gordon Hayward injury. He wasn't going up for an alley-oop. He was actually going up for a block with like three seconds left at the end of the second half. Second quarter. Second second quarter. Yes, right going into halftime. Um, gotta love it. He, You know, you gotta love the hustle. You gotta love the heart. And it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, I can't believe he was doing that. That play could have happened at any time. And you can't ever fault these guys for this. But it looked just like Gordon Hayward. Goes up for it, falls awkwardly like he did for that lob. And then the ankles go in the opposite direction of the rest of his body. And it was pretty gruesome. 
It was horrible. Uh, I was watching it live. Uh, we didn't record last night, so I was able to throw that game on. They were playing, you know, I was flipping between them and the Giants. And I was, I wanted to Giants. watch. I know. I wanted to watch the end of the uh, first half. And they missed a shot, and they go back on defense. And no surprise, one of the guys that's first, you know, to go play defense is Levert. And, you know, you described it perfectly. The uh, He jumps up ankle goes completely different way and, and Ryan Rucco on the yes network who who does a really good job filling in for uh for Ian Eagle as the play-by-play guy he was like you could just hear in his voice and then you could hear in this, the arena that a pin drop and you know guys are crying on both teams uh you're seeing them immediately covered up with stuff. a towel I mean I watched the Dustin Fowler injury with the Yankees when he ran into that like uh, electrical box in Chicago last year. But when you play with baseball pants on, you know you can't see any of the real damage. I did not watch Kevin Ware. I, I, I saw that. I did. I that did. Was the I most did not. Thing I I've did not watch Paul George. I did see Gordon Hayward. Nothing will ever top Kevin Ware when the bone was actually protruding from his leg. Yeah, I mean, so immediately you start thinking, is this a microfracture? Is this a double dislocation of the tibia and the and the ankle? Is this an Achilles? Is this a what? Thank God it turned out to just be a dislocation with very, very minor uh, ligament damage, but Which no break or fracture. Rest. They said he or can rest, basically you know, start no rehabbing surgery. in a week or two. No surgeries required, and he will be able to start. He'll be able to play later this year. They didn't give a timetable, and I think that's smart. No, because don't, you know what? Don't disclose this is that. Be, this is gonna when you have an incident like that where where you have to get carted off of an NBA court. It's more a well, mental thing than right. it is, and than let's it is not a, forget uh, physical thing. Karis Levert has had a lot of foot and ankle issues over his career, both collegiately and in the pros. Well, for once, I'm happy for him that, I mean, you hate to see it, but he got lucky. He got very lucky. And, you know, you hate to use situations like this come about. Now, you know I'm a net fan. Everybody listening knows I'm a net fan. And do I get a little optimistic? You have to be. But everybody knows that I know this is a team that's in a rebuilding stage. This is not a team that's great. But this is a team that, if you watch them every day, plays with a lot of heart. Levert hit the, has hit two game winners this year, one against the Knicks, and he won Friday yep. night against the Denver Nuggets in Denver in a – really hard fought game that was kind of the one of those statement wins right tom like you you look at it and say yeah you kind of put the league on notice with that after what they did to the sixers you know five days before on the home on your home floor and you just saw the outpouring of thoughts prayers and love for this kid who is in his third year second full year in the league and you know, people say there's no harder worker than him. There's no nicer guy than him. The Nets view him as a cornerstone. Marks even said when you look at him and talk to him, he's a Brooklyn Net. You know, Atkinson. You know, this is the, this is the guy you would love to coach. This is a this is a coach's dream. This is a this is a guy you build around. He's been averaging over 18 points a game. But you see LeBron James. You see D Wade. You see Paul George, who's been through something similar. You saw Hayward, who's been through something similar. And it sucks that a situation like this has to put the team, you know, a, a, a kind of a flailing franchise on notice. But I'm telling you, obviously the Nets have been doing something right because veterans, the most respected stars around the league, 
went well out of their way to, you know, tweet at him, send thoughts and prayers, and and at Brooklyn Nets. Even I saw Kristaps sent something too, which was real nice. The Knicks favorited it. Um, obviously, this is getting you recognition around the league, and and thank God he can come back, you know, on his terms at his timetable. Hopefully, not skip a beat, pick up where he left off. And this might, you know, seeing a kid like this, the amount of toughness he has both physically and mentally, along with a really young team with a really good coach who gets it, um, this might be kind of something you look at and say, God, you know, thank God it's it's not as bad as it could have been, but this might be something that puts veterans and free agents and say, I want to go play with these guys. Yeah, well, it definitely rallied the troops and if they needed it because uh, Atkinson's a very good coach and, I've liked this team all year. I liked them last year as well. I think they're going to draw at least one big-timer, second-level free agent. And, and, yeah, I'm just glad that he, he wasn't wasn't a Gordon Hayward injury and that he can come back this year. I hope he takes his time. I hope mentally he gets his brain right because that's something tough. Because when you're performing at that level, not that I have any experience doing it, but when you're hurt, it, it, you're thinking about it, and then you can't you – can't, clearly play the game nearly as right. highly and as you could before yeah and especially when, when you're thinking about something else aside from that es- at that moment exactly dude and especially when you're a guy like him who's been through this several times you you know you you go down and you're probably thinking i can't believe this is happening again yeah, and you heard him yell out and we'll go we'll move on from this because we talked a while on it but you heard him yell out that loud fuck yep and it wasn't because he look was at my foot th- yeah it wasn't even that it was it was the fuck because it's it almost sounded like he said a whole paragraph there saying fuck I've been through this so many times not again I've worked my ass off yeah it wasn't even it yeah. wasn't even like a fuck I'm in so much pain because at that point you're kind of going to shock and you don't even feel it yep um, yeah adrenaline just overpowers the body yeah but and and not that I've ever had my foot go in the wrong direction but I've had a, a few injuries similar to that not to the same extent but you kind of just go into shock you don't even feel it. You probably are closer to passing out than feeling the pain. Right. But I think that fuck was more like a, I've worked so hard and I this has happened to me so many times than a fuck I'm in a lot of pain. Yep. And I think and you could hear it just out of that one word. That's what was so crazy about that was all he said was fuck, but it was like, God damn it. I feel you, man. Like, yep. you've worked your ass well, off you since saw, Michigan you know, to do that. Joe Harris was crying. You know, Carl uh, Anthony Towns like had the had the towel over his eyes. You know, like just oh, D'Angelo Russell so looked like just, he didn't even know what was going yeah, on. Like, say, he was probably high, but I mean, aside wow. from that, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, easy, <laughs> dude. Say. Really, that's you know, you're such a bad guy. It's amazing <laughs> how I, bad of a guy you am are. Am I wrong? Has he? You know what? We're not even. Gonna, I'm not gonna even dignify this with a response. Um, obviously the Nets went on to lose the game, but you know what? They, they right now are in the eighth seed, which is where I said they'd finish. Hey, that'd be a nice prediction for you if they they can keep that up. They won a great game in, uh, in Denver on Friday. They got the heat coming in. They're about to start a four game home stand. Listen, I don't know. Obviously that was a defeated team last night. They had no interest in playing. It didn't really look at the Wolves did either. I think there was just so much shock going up and down for both teams having to see and witness something like that. But yeah. at the end of the day, the Wolves got the win. The Nets come home. Maybe this rallies. You're going to see Shabazz Napier get more minutes. You're going to see uh, Damari Carroll start getting his his increase in minutes. I think they're going to trade him. <laughs> trade him after he does well, man. I think possibly. I mean, and then I think that you're going to see um, Musa, the the rookie uh, 29th pick, 
uh, start Remember to get that? some yep. minutes coming up from uh, Lithuania, the G League. Right? Yeah, coming up from the G League. He's had four straight 20-point games in the G League. So maybe Could you call him up and, and, and see anything that he's got. But either way, we didn't want to spend too much time on it, but that was one of the big basketball stories from the day, amazingly, all around uh, Sorry, the league. Sorry, Sorry I had to get at you with that, yeah, and with that who, wee joke. Well, Sorry. you know what? He had nine threes last night. So he had he's great, man. He's, <laughs> he's, I, he's one of my favorite young players in the league. I thought he got done dirty in L.A. for just acting a little immaturely. Yep. Just had to get out well, of there. Well, and that was Sorry. the thing. Levert, Levert kind of stole this team from him because Russell was hurt last year, and, and Levert kind of just picked up that slack, as did Dinwiddie. But either way, we'll see where they go from here. Um, Last it, thing I will say about the Brooklyn Nets, this has nothing to do with the injury. You saw the progress throughout the season last year. Jared Allen taking another step forward. Dude, he's he been great. awesome. He, I mean, I mean, he got, got bo- a little bit of a J now too. Yeah, it's he insane. got he got bodied by Jokic in that game. I mean, obviously, like just from a size standpoint, they're nowhere he's similar. A, he's skinny, right? But he held his own and he had six blocks. He held his own against Embiid too. I mean, Embiid's yep. a bully down there. Talk about the biggest guy in the league. But he held his own against Embiid in that Sixers game, you know, for for his standards. Listen, if you can do that in this league, you don't have to be the centerpiece of the team, but he definitely has a future as a starting five. Dude, let me tell you, because I want to get your feelings on what the Knicks have been doing lately, but if your Knicks could build the next year over this year as to what the Nets were last year, you've got to be really happy with the progress. So tell me what you've been seeing with them over the last time we talked. First thing is, I mean, uh, the further away we get from the torn ACL of Chris Porzingis, the more you're going to hear it. I don't ever want this guy to play until he's 100%. No, he shouldn't. He's so far from free agency. I understand he's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. That doesn't mean anything. That just means he's going to get paid more money. That's all that means. Yeah, he'll sign an offer sheet somewhere, and then the Knicks will match it. Or the Knicks will just offer him an extension before that even happens, which is the right thing to do, and I hope that Marks and all those other guys get behind it. Um, But back to... Uh, whoever the next GM is, I'm it's not Sean Marks. No, it's not. That's I was going to say. GM. Let me tell you something. It's Perry. It's Perry. I, I would like Chris Stops. It's Perry, but um, back back to that. So I don't want him to play. I don't. I don't want him to get ten minutes. I don't want him to play at all. Let him practice. Let him practice hard. Let him work out. If they, if you see something across your Bleacher Report or whatever app you use, and it says that he's not playing this year. Fine. See, I disagree with you for a just from the standpoint, and I don't need him playing. You know, I don't need him coming back by the All Star game, even if he plays in five games and plays twenty minutes, you know, twelve minutes a night. I think that if you're gonna woo one of these big free agents, you have to prove that he's healthy and can play in games. I just feel this way. Wooing the free agents is it's important to me, but I think that if a free agent's gonna come here, he's gonna come here regardless. And I think that if I'm a free agent personally, and you're you're risking Kristaps' health to ha- to ha- to get me here, well, but, then why the fuck would I want to? No, that? no. But let's say that they're not risking it. Let's say he says he's a hundred percent, the medical, you know, clear, and he's good to go. But you just are holding him out. See, I think if you if you rush him back, then it looks real bad. Don't play him until he's a hundred percent. Totally agree with you. But I do think he should be a hundred percent by the time the season's over in mid-April, and I think he needs to play at least a little the bit. The thing that worries me is we've never experienced an ACL tear from a guy like this. No, true. But there's also right. never really been a guy in the NBA like this before. A seven You're foot gonna... three guy that can play like a point guard and put the ball on the deck. He can do everything. Yep. Right. And, but he's a slender guy. Mm-hmm. He's very athletic. And he needs that athleticism. Agreed. 
And well, I really worry about him injuring other things. Your foot, your hand. Usually you see hamstring. I know I'm comparing this to football, but usually you see hamstring injuries with a guy like an, with an ACL, or you see foot injuries or, or calf or this, that, and the third. Other lower body injuries because subconsciously you're trying to make up for it somewhere else. And I just do not want to see that happen. So can I ask you a question? How'd you feel about the video he said he posted of him sprinting after Fizdale said he's not running? That's no good. Uh, that's not a good look. But maybe him and Fizdale just aren't on the same page. Maybe either way after you're undermining your coach. And I and I kind of wanted to get your opinion on the on the floor Knicks. But let's deviate for a minute because I want to get your opinion on this because I heard this discussion on the Michael K show last week out of ninety eight point seven ESPN New York. And I thought it was valid because it kind of rang true to part of some of the some of the impressions I've had. Now I'm not a Knicks fan; everybody knows that. But I would like the Knicks to be good. It's not like the Knicks and Nets are better rivals. Okay, it's better for the city instead of hearing having to hear about both teams constantly losing. Kristaps is a is a like you said. We've never seen anybody like this guy from a t- talent standpoint. But I don't really love the optic that he's been putting out lately. I feel like he's got this little bit of entitlement to him for a guy that hasn't really done anything yeah now to me you have to get to the point where potential and what you are soon cross into each other and it just this is this is this is what you could be but clearly you haven't done it i mean this is his fourth year in the way now this is obviously a lost year right yeah but I agree with him, you, but him skipping that exit meeting with Phil. Now, obviously, Phil doesn't get any love from me or any Nick fan. He was a disaster and ran this franchise into the ground. But he's still your boss. You're on a rookie contract. You haven't won a championship. You haven't won an MVP. You got to go to that. You can't stand him up and not go, especially when there were plenty of veterans who also didn't like that situation that went. The other thing, too, is now undermining your head coach. Now, whether it was Fizdale getting wrong reports or recklessly saying something, Porzingis should not immediately the next day go undercut him and post Instagram videos of him doing all-out sprints after his coach said he's not running yet. That's not good. Yeah, I agree with he you, hasn't but won here, here's how I am as a fan, period. Okay? Yeah, okay. I'll put it to you in perspective from any team. If you're going to win me games and Christoph Porzingis can win you a hell of a lot of games when he's healthy, I don't care. Right. To be honest, the Yankees signed Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry. And Is that the same thing? They they were not great guys, not great locker room guys. Oh no no, no I'm not saying that he's. Compare, I'm comparing actually, them to that. Actually, that's not true. If you talk to if you talk to anybody during those teams, it was they were they you can, you they can just had back. they had issues, but they were always loved in the clubhouse. Jeter said Strawberry was one of the best teammates he ever had. I mean, uh, this uh, regardless, how many distractions did they cause? Period is what I'm trying to say. They weren't choir boys. They weren't the best people ever. The 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 Giants had Lawrence Taylor. Oh no right? no, I'm not. I'm I not don't s- care about the distractions as long as you win. And I think it's stupid. I do. But at the same time, he's a young guy. He's trying to figure it out. And I don't he's care. Got a language as long barrier as he's too. Healthy, I'm just saying. I, I, the language barrier. He's a, this, guy, this guy speaks better English than I do. Well, that doesn't surprise me about <laughs> your education. But no, I'm just saying that I, I do believe that. But I don't care about. I don't care about. The first thing that you mentioned was the Phil Jackson thing. That's out the window for me. I don't care about that to be because, to be quite honest, that guy was an asshole and he ruined everything. Of course, of course. I probably would have skipped the meeting too to make an impact. If I knew that I was fine and, and I was all good no matter what, even if I didn't show up, and that he was going to be the one to get fired and go, I wouldn't have showed up either. I mean, come on. Okay. I just think that, you know, 
there's a certain like what like you were talking about like LeBron how much can he get away with he can get away with anything that he fucking wants but there was a point in his career before he got to this where if he tried to pull any of this shit he wouldn't have gotten away with it nearly as much me? no dude you gotta be kidding me he did the decision Come on, bro. Uh, no, I'm talking way before that. Even way before, before that, that, you read stories about how LeBron was doing whatever he wanted whenever he wanted. I mean, come on. Phil Jackson talked about how he didn't want to deal with, and I think this is a terrible word, his posse no, I'm thinking, and all I'm, that I'm stuff. I'm talking like 2004, 2005. But you're talking about even with the Rich Paul stuff. Like, they've been doing that since forever, and LeBron can do whatever he wants. He's the GOAT. Right. And but Porzingis, Porzingis has not the GOAT. But no. still... It's at the point now where, dude, it's 2018. These guys can do whatever they want. I get they it. know how I'm talented just, they I'm are. I'm just saying from an outsider's I don't, perspective. I don't look into this. That's an old man's perspective, in my opinion. I don't care. Okay, As but, long as he wins games when he comes back see, healthy, see, I don't there care. There is where, again, I want to throw it back at you. Last year, after 10 games, he said he was tired. No, I Guy agree with that. Hasn't, okay, you got to give me this. When he was kind of getting used and his feet wet in the NBA, he had a guy on his team named Carmelo Anthony who took all of the shit from the media, from Phil, from everything. And he was a great deflector, which I think Porzingis needed at the time because there would have been too much pressure on him at that time. Now, since it's been his team... Already, you know, he came out of the gate last year like a man possessed. He was averaging like was 35 like points MVP, a game. But then he did and say he was tired. And then he said he was tired. I'm like, dude, even you're if, 22. Yeah, and even if you're tired, you, you don't should say never that. say now, that Now, if he tired. had said, my knee hurts, I need some days, now that's different because obviously foreshadowing, he, he hurts his ACL, which was more of a freak thing. I don't think it was because it was wearing I don't think tear. it was a lateral type. In, no. I don't think it was like a, it, a, li- like a, a bad, linear type yeah, it injury. It took a bad step and down yeah. he went. Yeah. Uh, that could have happened if it was the first game or the last game. Right, and it could have happened to like a six foot two guy too. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just think that this guy's getting a pass for a lot, of, for a bit of a trend for a guy who hasn't won anything, hasn't continuously put a string of great basketball together. And because I don't blame you for this, Nick fans are in such starvation mode for a homegrown generational talent. The next Patrick Ewing. And I, I know listen, Patrick Ewing didn't win, but like I'm trying if to you give can him, get a guy like that. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because before he got hurt, he was playing like a man possessed. Of course. And if we can get that Kristaps back... And he can he take was, us to the playoffs. Well, he had ta- he had tailed off slightly before his injury. I mean, he made an All Star team last year. He made his first All Star team right. last year before. Of course, subsequently he got hurt. Yeah. Which I think LeBron's All Star team got I'm like not, five guys yeah, hurt. I'm not but trying to bash back Porzingis. To, I I think he's going to be great, but eventually you've got to look at the big thing and say this guy hasn't really done anything to warrant some of the shit he's done. Okay, but then we turn around and and we applaud Jimmy Butler for all this other shit. It's oh, like Jimmy I have Butler, not. I, no, I have not. I, I I don't say you, but I say everyone. Jimmy Butler gets exactly what he wants. Well, Jimmy reckless. Butler's never won anything. No, and I and I totally agree. Yeah, so my I think point that's is, reckless. But Chris Asperzing is not coming out and doing that. I'm not going to bring it to that extent no. at all. But, I mean, the little things like this, they don't bother me because you can't let these stupid little things bother you. Chris Asperzing is probably going to come back at the end of the year. Much to my dismay, I want him to sit out the whole year. Unless he's at the 100,000% and he won't get hurt. Because if he gets hurt again, that's it. I'm done. I'm done as a Knicks fan. I'm on to the Yankees. I'll never watch basketball <laughs> again. 
But little hyperbolic there. Chris Abs Porzingis. I don't care about what he does. That's in why I asked, man. Because I, I do... don't care that he's on a boat. I don't care that oh, he no, does this shit. I, could care I mean, listen. If that. he if 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 he comes back like um if he comes back like John Wall, where he looks like he's about. 25 pounds overweight and he looks like he's been blowing coke for the last 30 nights in a row and he's only probably slept two hours a night and then his performance is the Washington Wizards are doing terrible I'm going to call his ass out for it and be yep. like are you fucking kidding me Yeah. but if Chris Porzingis comes back and plays like the way he was doing before he got hurt to, named to his first all-star team I don't care what he does. Listen, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. He's been nothing but a model citizen. He's done, and he's everything that you could want in a former lottery pick. I would be psyched to have him. I just asked your opinion. Like, what what did you think about certain he's, little things? Honestly, he's done? man, and, and I'll I'll put a bow on it with this because we still, of course, got to talk about college football. Um, I'll put a bow on it with this. The guy is just a different kind of guy. I mean. You don't. He's not in the gym every second of every day, just putting all his grinding tapes up. He'll put up a video of him jumping off a boat two weeks after he tears his ACL, or he'll put up a video a minute after his coach tells him he's not running, sprinting, and and he's been doing that since he was drafted, which is why I don't get worried. I don't think he does it to be spiteful. No, I don't I, either. I, I'm not a mind reader, and I'm not friends with him or anything like that. If I see him in White Plains, hit me up, Kristaps. I'll see you at but. I mean, aside from that, so <laughs> shameless. I, um, I, I, I don't think that he's doing it to be malicious. No, I don't, I don't think either. He's doing it to be an asshole. He just doesn't give a fuck, and I like right. that. Okay, that's wh- that's why I asked because because uh, I, I it was just something that was brought up, and and some people have that opinion, and some people, and I don't really fall one way or the other. I'm just telling you from an outsider's perspective, this is and how I'll it could look. I'll put it to you this way: if he comes back from his injury and he looks out of shape. Or like he's not ready to be back and it's not because of his knee. If the doctor says his knee's 100% and he's out of shape, if he's rusty, fine. But if you can see he's slow up and down the court because he's out of shape and he hasn't practiced, I'll shit on him. Yep. Just like we are John Wall. Yep. But if it's rust that he needs to shake off because he hasn't played in a year and a half or whatever it may be, completely understandable yep. and i think that's what's gonna happen yeah the guy's gonna be in great shape like he always is he's just gonna be rusty as fuck oh yeah and the last thing i'll say is just like if you sign if you sign him to the extension the now that you're defle- gonna you have yeah, to right. you so, don't have a so choice now the, so now the now the blinders are off now the deflectors are off you're gonna be in your fifth year in the league sixth year you got to start taking that next level and continuously for a oh, year, yeah. for two years, be a First great All-Star player. First All-Star last year. I expect you to make an All-Star team again next year. Right. He and should then be move in the- up into the tier of third-team All-NBA. You're a right. center. There's not that many around. Right. As long as you're Whatever. healthy, you got to be an All-Star every year. Absolutely. All right. So there's a good conversation. I wanted to get your point on that. That was cool. Dude, a lot of NBA this week. Aside from that, when you want to talk about the Knicks that are actually playing, status quo, same thing. Okay. Teams developing. They look good. Knox is starting to get a little bit better and come back. He had that scary looking ankle, not as scary as Laverse, but a scary looking uh, ankle injury. Trier continues to do really well, and this team continues to develop. And they continue to lose, which is what you need. Absolutely. Uh, all right. I'll take it. So, much of Tom's dismay, we do have to talk some college football. We were not going to lead with it. So, just a quick statement here the top four teams from last week remained ranked. Top the, 10 teams from last right, week are all the same, including the top four, of yep, course. Including the top four. Obviously, the playoff rankings one Alabama, two Clemson, three Notre Dame, four Michigan. That's 
Obviously, the notable games, uh, Bama made quick work of Mississippi State, although Tua got hurt again. I'm telling you, man, uh, it, it is. It, it, if he goes out, it turns the entire world upside down because Jalen's not playing either because he's hurt. But in combined, they've won the last two games 59 How many years of eligibility you got left? He's get, he, he has no, a, you. How many years you got left? Plenty. You got four, right? Plenty. There yeah. we go. I'm, I'm, an, I'm always row, a freshman. I never, I never have to leave. All right. Um, Clemson beats up on BC. That was one game that we were looking forward to seeing. You know, it was in the cold in Boston College at night for the primetime game. That was never close. Trevor Lawrence passed that test nice and easy. Notre Dame killed Florida State. Ian Book did not play. They didn't need him at all. Not at all. Uh, Georgia handled Auburn. That wasn't close. Northwestern somehow still has a lead in the Big Ten West. They're not even ranked. Uh, they won 14 to 10 over 21, uh, 21st ranked Iowa. They're going to be playing in the Big Ten championship game against either Ohio State or Michigan. Good um, for them, but it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme. No, unless they go. Nuts. I don't even think they're ranked. But no, they weren't. Now they they might move up now. They but it, yeah, but it's it's still. I mean, are they going to give? I do actually think that <laughs> that Ohio State, the way they've been playing lately. Uh, with aside from this past Saturday against not really a great Michigan State team, but I think Northwestern actually at a neutral site could give them some issues. Uh, Michigan would wipe the floor with them. Number six, Oklahoma wins Bedlam by one point. This was Bedlam. That game was a lot of fun. That was cool to watch in a week where there wasn't a lot of competitive games that had any meaning. That was one you definitely could have stayed on. And, no, and Oklahoma State had a chance to win at the end of the game, They too. did. Dude, I tell you, that is always a fun game. Regardless of where each team is in the rankings, that's always a fun game. And Washington State continues to lead the pack 12 they went into Colorado and dismantled them 31 I'll tell you what and I think I've been saying this since they started to come onto the map I don't have a dog in the fight and we all know that since day one Washington State's my favorite team well I know I love Mike Leak I know I've been saying this since that I love Mike Leak and I've been (laughs) (laughs) yeah same too it has nothing to do with it Um, but I, I have liked this team since they since Mike Leach took over and I mean, listen, I don't have a dog in the fight. Since they started to really break out of the Pac-12, this has been my team. Yep, and you know what? They're going to play in a really nice bowl game, but they have no chance, unfortunately, for them of getting into the college football playoff. And finally, Ohio State ranked number 10. They went to Michigan State, East Lansing, and won 26-6. I tell you, Michigan State, every time they get one of these tests, they fall on their face. I, I thought they were going to upset them. I thought it would at least be better because Ohio State looked so bad at home to yeah. Nebraska. I thought Ohio State would have to like really come back at the end and maybe have a game-winning drive, but yep. handily won this game. Easy, not, not, even a, not even a battle. Now, Tom, this is going to make you very happy here for Week 12. We have two games that matter, and really it's only one. If you want to pay no attention to college football this week, you know what? Take a breather because next week's going to be nuts. Christmas that, caroling. Yep, but before game. that, you know, before the weekend before Thanksgiving, you can kind of just get everything you need to get done. You don't have to prep for a mon- Monday pod of football next week. Syracuse at Notre Dame from Yankee Stadium. That's the game of the week. No, Syracuse is ranked 13th. Notre Dame sitting there Syracuse at three. Syracuse hasn't been in the top 10 for – or top 15, excuse me, for a long time. No, and if this – Although they do have the greatest football player ever as an they alumnus. They do. Yep, Jim Brown. That's right. And they have some other ones, too. Uh, obviously, McNabb wasn't too bad. But um, what makes this game very interesting, it is from Yankee Stadium. It's a neutral site. 
I don't know if Ian Book is playing yet. They haven't announced. They said they were hopeful and optimistic, which is partially why they kept him out of that Florida State game, which ended up being the right decision in hindsight. I think they I think they're going to need him, man, because even though their backup has played very well, remember, well, he went into the season as their starter, but and the name escapes me, excuse me, but I'm telling you, Syracuse is really Senior good. quarterback, they can play, man. <laughs> it's re- they're really good. They gave Clemson everything they could handle. Dino Babin's a really good head coach. He's next in line, I think, for a big-time job. I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Campbell, who is the Iowa State coach, leaves. Or he may get that Louisville job that right. Bobby Petrino just got fired from. Yep. He, he, I mean, he's going to be – Bobby Petrino would be a nice offensive coordinator for a team like the New York Giants You know what he's well. going to do? He's going to be Saban's next offensive analyst. He's going to bring another one of these fired head coaches down, and he can sit in the t- video room. You think? Oh, yeah. He does this with everybody. Everybody that needs a job, they start as an analyst. And there's actually there's, there's this hilarious like tree of former great coaches or just good coaches that went in and didn't even get like coordinator jobs. They got like analyst jobs, and then they went on to have good – get good jobs again he was like well even if you're the video coordinator you were doing it for bama we think you're good again we'll take you it was actually it was pretty funny but um that's a game that's big man and and i'm telling you if syracuse wins that game it flips everything upside down because we know that the winner of the ohio state michigan game next week that's they're going to be unless they lose to northwestern in the big 10 championship they're going to be in the college football playoff and Georgia's right there. If Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC title game or plays them really tight, I think that you're going to have to put them in. So it's this game has a lot of big implications. And then yeah, this the last game and one, then the game against oh, Michigan, Ohio State, two biggest games well, left. Yeah, in the, and next weekend's where we're going to prep for a lot of games because before the championship. Games. Yeah, the the last week the weekend of Thanksgiving is the biggest weekend in college football before the uh, championship game. Well, that's usually when all that's the where all the rivalries are. Anyways, yeah, and when usually everything goes nuts. The last game, if you want to pay attention to your darlings, Washington State, which I think is fair. Arizona goes to Washington State to play them. That's going to be probably amazingly because Arizona is not that good. That's going to probably be the Pac-12 championship game. So that's a down league. It's a down league and a down week, so you don't have to worry about them. Um, the last thing we will do, my man, is talk just a couple baseball tidbits. Can never get away from it, but let's talk some individual awards. Let's do it. All right, so we had the Rookie of the Years in the NL. I don't think to anybody's surprise, Acuna beat out Soto to get the NL Rookie of the Year award. Much deserved. Absolutely. Leads he was the team to the playoffs, stud all year. A little bit more surprisingly, and I'm interested to see how you feel about this, I got a feeling you're going to feel a little more strongly than I do about it. Um, Shohei Otani wins Rookie of the Year playing – what half a season half a season you know what four and three with an under three era as a pitcher that's nice if you're pitching out of the bullpen every once in a blue moon Mm -hmm. and i believe he had what 22 bombs and he hit around 270 yeah with 70 rbi something like that listen the reason he won is twofold one we haven't seen a guy do this 
And I think they were probably which is a fair pre- argument, right? Which I think is what they were probably projecting too. Is if he was a starter, if he pitched more, what he would have done? Because let's be honest, he looked electric. Yeah, came but out of he the game, right? That's well, the thing he, that bothers me. Right now, the other thing is in this new area of analytics that you heard my rant about a couple weeks ago. What was the stat that pushed him over? War wins above replacement. He far. And above and beyond past Andujar and Torres in that category. When he was on the field, either on the mound or in the batter's box, the Angels were a better team. When he was on Thank you. the field. Which leads me to my, you asked me for my take. I hate this. I hate everything about it. And it's I not, it. and it's it not a Yankee bias. If this was anybody else, listen, it, Miguel Andujar had over 600 plate appearances. He hit 295. He hit tw- over 20 home runs as a rookie third baseman for the New York Yankees. Yeah, this guy had an all-star caliber now, Glaber season. Torres, and Glaber I lo- Torres made a fucking all-star team. Yeah. And he tailed off. He tailed off towards the end. To the end but of the he season. had a great year. He hit mm-hmm. over 20 bombs, too. But you know what? This is another one of those awards to me. That shows. I don't think it's an anti-Yankee bias. I, I'm not going to say that. I think no. it was the new wave of analytics, or you know, projected what Otani would have done, using that word "would" again. And I can't stand it because you know what? But since when do we vote for coulda, woulda, shoulda? Exactly. Like, exactly. You, Listen, you, you have the numbers in really, front of you that actually have really nice year. And if I were an Angel fan, I'd be excited about him, whether he can only hit, only pitch, or do both sparingly in the rest of his career. Well, he's getting Tommy John surgery. He's getting Tommy so John surgery. So he's I think not going to be able happened. to pitch. He's only going to be able to hit. Now, I was surprised the way he hit because we heard out of spring training he couldn't hit single A pitching. And he turned right around and had a really nice year. Great. He was not a starting position player. He was a DH when he wasn't pitching, and he only pitched a couple games. Ten games. You're, you're going to give it to him over a guy who played every inning of almost every game in the field this year? That's not right. And, and now if Andujar had hit 18 home runs and hit 275, I could, I could live with you there. He had over 290 with over 24 bombs. Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. That's a great let's, year. Honestly, if, if it, let's say Andujar didn't come up till this year and it was Otani, Otani's exact numbers versus Glaber Torres' exact numbers, Give it to Otani. Agreed. Agreed 100%. But Andujar, that's just insane, dude. And, and it's not, just insane. And it's not even that he won. He had 25 of the 30 first place votes. Andujar had five. Torres didn't get any. That's fine. But 25? No, and Torres Torres hit a rookie wall. He really, if you looked at the numbers, that was the thing. he really tailed off in July, reasons, August, September. If you look at re- the reasons why the Yankees made the playoffs this year, there were three reasons when they, when they lost Judge. Stanton was unconscious for six weeks. Jay Happ won basically every start that he made. And Miguel Andujar played never, out of his mind. Never tailed off. Not to mention, not only did he get hits all the time, he had Huge more hits. clutch hits. And I know there isn't a statistic, and the analytics believers, although I am a fan of analytics, don't really talk about clutch plays. I mean, come on. You're, you're hitting a home run down one with two outs in the eighth inning, in the bottom of the eighth, or, or whenever. One. It's a go-ahead bomb. And how many times did he get these, these go-ahead hits? 
this guy was by far the rookie of the year. And if you want to talk about his defensive war or whatever, how terrible he was, his fielding percentage, okay, fine. But it's not like Otani even played the field. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Right. And I understand he did pitch, and he pitched under a a three ERA and was four and three. Okay, he pitched ten games, and his arm fell off. Right. And the other thing, like, I think to your point about the clutch hits, like, I remember one game against the White Sox in August when the Yankees really were – that was when Stanton started to struggle. They still didn't have Judge yet. They were playing Shane Robinson and Wright, and they were actually being no hit. And it was one of those games where we were getting on the pod and was like, Jesus freaking Christ, man. Like, how can this team not hit? This is crazy. And and Duhar steps up in the seventh inning, trailing 2 nothing. They're being no hit. And he hits a three-run bomb. I remember that. And then Neil Walker hit the walk-off later that game after the Yankees gave up the lead. But it was without that, that sparked it. Because at that point, they were like anemic for like three games. They couldn't do anything. And against a bad White Sox team. And I was like, this kid's legit. Because that, for anybody, you need a big hit in that spot. And it's coming from your 21-year-old who didn't even start the season on the Major League roster. So I just think it's that was a terrible job by the people that give out the award. They nailed it with Acuna. There was really, to me, no other decision. I know I know Soto had a great year. He really did, but that national team sucked. They they didn't win with him. He wasn't the reason they won. If it wasn't for Acuna, for Acuna, I don't know if the Braves would have won that division. Could have been the Phillies. But again, you're going completely against logic because yeah. this if you want to say and- that, Acuna helped them make the playoffs. Well, guess who helped the Yankees make the playoffs? Right, exactly. So I, I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, we. I didn't mean to make a big thing, but I just, you know, there's certain things. And I, I could give a fuck less. I care about the Yankees winning. The Yankees could win 7,000 individual awards and not win the World Series, and I'm not happy. Let me but read, as a you, baseball let me read fan, you some stats. That's bullshit. All right, Juan Soto first. So I'm going to give you some of his stats, including war, since that's what made the impact on on what's-his-face. All right, so he hit in 494 at-bats. He hit 292 with 22 home runs, 77 runs, 70 RBI. Okay, let's keep that in mind. Okay. His wins above replacement, 3.7. Okay. Now we're going to look at Ronald Acuna, okay, my friend? Yes, sir. All right. So, he had 26 home runs. Okay. 78 runs, 64 RBI. Wow. Okay. That's what, 13 less? Yeah. And what did he bat? He batted 293. Okay, that's good. Almost identical. Right. To Soto. Wins above replacement. 3.7. 3.7. So, What wow. do you think made the difference in their rookie of the year running? I think it's because the Atlanta Braves made the fucking playoffs. It has to be. And the Washington Nationals were a second-to-last place team, right? Behind the Mets, or were they third-to-last? They didn't make the playoffs regardless. Now, where did the Anaheim Angels finish? Because I know goddamn sure they didn't make the playoffs, and the Yankees did. So what the f- what are we talking about? They here? had to do projections, man, and that's almost identical stats and identical wins above replacement. Yep. For Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna, the only stat that was really genuinely different between the two of them was RBIs, and Soto actually beat him out by like twelve. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this right now. He beat him out by actually he only beat him out by about seven I believe it was sixty three to seventy. Well, you know what? 70. That's still it, 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 whether it was thirteen seven. Who gives a shit? 
it, the, the reason is if you have identical war, it, then you know what it is? It's you're, you're just saying, okay, well, the, obviously the, the nationals didn't make it and were big underachievers despite Soto's success. But Acuna was one of the cogs in a great young Braves team. And, you know, I'm telling you right now, man, like looking at some of these situations right here, I'm looking at Andujar, his war was 2.7. So if they're looking at reasons why, you know, I use that example against the White Sox, they're looking at probably, well, you know what? He was only the difference if you round up three games difference in the Yankees. So they would have won 97 games. Well, you know what that would have meant? The Yankees would have been playing in Oakland. So there's your 2.7 and shove it. Because then you've got the, and regardless of what Otani is, first of all, he's playing two positions. So if you're a great pitcher and you hit 20 bombs, you're going to make a difference. They were probably projecting him to be, I think his war was 3.4. They were probably looking at like, he's going to be the reason that like four games better than what they are. Who cares? What do you mean they're going to look at he's going to be the reason? There's That's at the beginning of the season. Right. They didn't even make the right. playoffs. Exactly. These awards happen after the but season. That's what I'm what saying. are we talking about Right. Here? That's what I'm saying. So if you're going – but I'm, I'm making the argument because the only thing I that I can think gre- of – there. What are we talking about We're real talking about – wow, that New York <laughs> accent of yours really came yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. Putnam <laughs> County, man. Um, But no, I think that they Fuck really – <laughs> But no, I think what they really did was they said, okay – over 160 games, 162 games. This is where Andujar's was. If we're using this for the National League, if if wins above replacements, where we're going. If Otani played the full year at both positions, this is what he would have been. Again, it's not how you should do it. It's bullshit. I hate it every second of it. But you know what? That's what they decided. They had to have been the well, reason because all- how else is he winning 25 of the 30 first place votes? They don't factor in defense, 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 but they don't factor in defense to this war thing because Otani didn't play the field. And I've never seen an MVP win a fucking, uh, an MVP, uh, DH win an MVP before. Well, it was, it was rookie of the year, but still you're saying he's but the still, best he's rookie. he's the best rookie. Yeah. It's, it's in my it, opinion, it's the MVP of the rookies. It's just a load of bullshit, but I mean, we could talk till we're blue in the face. Bob Melvin and some other guy won the... Snitiger of the Braves. So the Braves take two individual awards. They get the Manager of the Year and the National League Rookie of the Year. Managers of the Year, I have no arguments with them. Deservedly so for the Yeah, I was kind of surprised by Cora. I get not getting Cora. I guess they had to just look at the A's and be like, everybody picked them You could say this. You could say this for for the Boston Red Sox and Alex Cora. Boone finished fifth, just a quick caveat. I don't care. Um, Well, I'm just saying. You could say this for Cora, though, and this is probably the reason why he lost. The Red Sox have by far the highest payroll in baseball and some of the best players in baseball, most likely the top two MVP candidates in baseball. You're supposed to win. Yeah, agreed. And that's, But I still think you know, a rookie manager who wins the World Series and a 108-win team, team, I think, should be, should be considered. But I guess when you're looking at it, the A's were projected to do nothing. They we kind were of were innovative. Of in yeah, they were kind of innovative with the way they also went with the opener, and they had to absorb some of that loss of the pitching depth. Where did Kevin and Cash finish? He finished second, actually. Good. Cora finished third. So Kevin Cash, I That's thought, also could have won. I love Kevin Cash. You came Cash. on here and teared up for him. 
Listen, man. I mean, is there a reason why the Rays should have been that good this year? If they played in the AL Central, they would have won the freaking division. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Which is nuts. And but, obviously, I think I think Francona should always have some kind of role because he's a great manager. Definitely. But either way, um, coming up soon tomorrow, we got the Cy Young Awards. We got the MVP coming. I think next week. So, so we'll talk about that probably on Monday. But. Other than that, really no news or notes. I mean, there's kind of we touched upon the rumors last week. There's just rumors still it's been about that um you know it said the yankees now are doing more than due diligence on machado again last week they said they were lukewarm on him so i don't know what to believe i'm not expecting anything really exciting to happen till after thanksgiving and progress into the winter meetings but i think we've got about two or three weeks before shit really starts burning up on the hot stove All right, so we have a podcast tomorrow the nfl rundown podcast tomorrow so we will speak to you guys within the next 24 hours yeah and guys just real quick a uh, new article going up on sorry sports.com i wrote um talking about this year's uh, major league baseball free agency and comparing it to this coming summers the summer of 2019 nba free agency a lot of speculation on where some of the high names hot names are going what the similarities are between some of the great players how how you know interesting it is some of the generational players in both sports big time are gonna are gonna be uh making you know some watershed decisions coming up both contract wise and decision making wise so absolutely give that a read that's me posting tomorrow sorry sports.com sean putting a ton of heat on me to post it by tomorrow I got to sleep, man. But uh why don't we'll talk to you guys tomorrow and have a good night. Have a good one.